Hello folks, Dennis Allen with The Disciple Dilemma. Welcome to the April edition of the ReDF. Not a PDF, but a ReDF where we read to you a portion, a slice of The Disciple Dilemma. The Disciple Dilemma, published by Morgan James. Introduction. Jesus designed and directed the deployment of an operating system that he said was to be taken into all the world. You probably know that an operating system is the software allowing computers, spaceships, and your cell phones to perform with their complex tasks. Christ's operating system is equipped with a communications app capable of transmitting life-changing information to people. The operating system is designed to be networked as it is optimized for teamed action versus going it alone. It is globally deployable. The system is fault tolerant able to be fully restored by its developer after internally induced failures. It's a learning operating system structured to absorb increasing knowledge about its developer and his other creations throughout its lifespan. Jesus' operating system is written to relate to, to care for, console and comfort people living in a fallen world's isolation, despair, violence, oppression, disease, poverty and divisiveness, just to name a few. The operating system exists to be Christ's building blocks for his kingdom. The system is literally the flesh and bones of missions, ministries, fellowship, prayer, study, and worship. This amazing operating system from Christ is designed to operate reliably and winsomely in corrosive environments, including hatred, cancel, and skepticism. And it is capable, emphasizing the word capable, of operating in graciousness without fear or anger, even if the individual system itself faces abuse or destruction in doing its job. And dare we suggest it? The operating system is intended to exemplify and spread peace in the polarities of local, national, global anger and chaos. It is an operating system designed to interact with all sorts of people, neighbors and aliens alike, co-workers, professors, artists, the military, business people, the media, family, maybe even politicians. But there's a problem. The operating system has been compromised by a centuries-old malicious link that introduces a subtle, destructive, replicating virus in the system. The result? Symptoms like these. Functions run slower. The system freezes up sporadically. The virus mutes the system's communication features or disables its restoration and replication features. Increasingly, the virus causes the system to simply shut down. In other words, the operating system has been hacked, and we may not even suspect anything is wrong. What is the system? What do we mean by hacked? What should we do? Welcome to the Disciple Dilemma. Canaries and Traditions If you think about it, those symptoms that we just mentioned are like coal mine canaries. Canaries were used as an early warning system for low oxygen levels in coal mines. When the canary swooned, it meant that something needed to be done, and fast, or big problems were in store for the miners. Modern electronic oxygen monitors in coal mines are traditionally yellow today in honor of their winged forerunners. Like a canary in a coal mine, the symptoms are telling us that oxygen is running low on discipleship in Western Christianity. Problem is, for discipleship in many Christian communities, there's a tradition to put the canary in a dark corner, covered and out of sight, and go on expecting all to run well. A tradition is a customary thing. It hangs on, stays put, 
pulls thinking and habits into its orbit, regardless of whether that tradition is worthwhile. Some traditions have been hanging on our cultural walls for centuries, framing what's to be taken as good and right. Many traditions we follow today, like the yellow-colored oxygen monitors, are good things. But some of the traditions we're immersed in, for disciples, are neither good nor right. Traditions can be hard routines to overturn because the roots run so deep in their environment. There was, and may still be, a chant about traditions in one Catholic seminary in New York. It's tradition, it's tradition, it's a very, very, very old tradition. You can ask the Roman Rota, it won't help you one iota, for no amount of wishing, no, no amount of wishing can ever change, or hope to change, a very old tradition. How's the canary looking right now? Do we even want to pull out the canary cage and see? If that bird is conked, there will be panic. Some people will want to run away. Some don't want to know about the canary at all, preferring to stay quiet and keep on keeping on. Still others think all this fuss about a stupid bird will just embarrass us and interfere with what we're doing. Don't ask, don't tell, and for heaven's sake, don't yell about the bird. We just don't, traditionally, want to worry with the bird. We'd be mad if anyone hinted that the bird wasn't okay. What to do? It's a dilemma. My mentors over the years taught me that corporate America has its own version of a dilemma. What is it? Business usually does a poor job developing employee purpose, dedication, execution, and retention. In a sense, making poor commercial disciples. History demonstrates that addressing these kinds of people dilemmas require leaders who will change the traditions that don't work. Christian communities are facing similar people problems. Here are two introductory examples with more to follow. One, a majority, over 60%, of believers are abandoning their faith and not coming back. Two, the remnant minority of believers in Christianity are largely going mute on their faith outside the walls of their churches. The canary is swooning. Christianity faces the urgent task to reform the way it develops conviction, courage, and execution among the followers of Christ in being disciples and making disciples. Looking to scripture, we can see how discipling was intended to be done. And by touring the failings and foibles of business and even the historical church's treatment of disciples, we can see the best of the worst ways to not do it. My business resume reads like an attention deficit disorder diagnosis. Electronics, energy, building materials, healthcare, defense, aviation, software, and conglomerates. I've been a CEO six times. I've worked for several Wall Street powerhouses to help their distressed mid-size corporate holdings get back on their feet. And after those years, I've, perhaps like you, participated in leadership roles outside business. For me, that was in mega, medium-sized, and small churches, serving on boards and in ministries and charities. If you've been a CEO or served in any top leadership roles, you know all about having that ringside seat, experiencing the best and worst in organizations. You get to witness things that drive intended results and other things that stall them out. You see traditions that serve a mission well and other traditions and cultures that bog things down to a full stop. Now, you and I both serve Christ as his disciples. All the things that go with being an individual disciple apply to us, plus something else. You lead people. It may be one person, maybe a family. It may be dozens or thousands as a leader. Here's where it gets personal. Dealing with this dilemma we're about to look into is on you and on me to grasp, 
to address and to change. There are ominous symptoms showing up in Christianity's people, in disciples, symptoms like younger generations within the church, in numbers approaching six in 10 walking off from Christianity, calling it arrogant, evil, or just irrelevant. The minority, those remaining in their faith at a rate of nine out of 10, say they're unable or unwilling to discuss their faith with anyone outside the walls of the church. These symptoms are just headlines. We have many more discipleship trends like this to talk about. Is it possible the symptoms impacting discipleship are just passing fads? Misrepresented, perhaps, or blown out of proportion? Will they fade out on their own? The studies we'll discuss say the frequency and mutations of these symptoms are growing and the clamor to fix things increasing. A tipping point or a ripping point is arriving. But what kind of tip, rip? Some trend watchers suggest our people need to return to the way things used to be. Back to the basics, whatever those basics were. Others push for pulling up the drawbridge to live out faith isolated from modernity's baggage. Some press for better programs to write the symptoms. Some press for better programs to write the symptoms. Some that we just throw the bums out and move on.org. And there are those who demand that we wake up, modern up, and cater to society's whims and fads to reverse the declines. It may be that none of those are biblically appropriate. These approaches point in different directions to cure things. Yet they are together in saying that Western Christianity is truly caught up in a dilemma for the soul of its community. That soul would be disciples. And if the dilemma about disciples is real, then to Christian leadership comes the responsibility to recognize where we are, and crucially then, to act on what ought to be done about the dilemma itself. An iceberg. The dilemma could be compared to an iceberg. The symptoms lie on the surface, the things we can observe and notice about contemporary disciples. It's easy to track and talk about those observable things. But just like an iceberg, what you see above the waterline is only the result of much larger things below the surface. Eliminating symptoms doesn't eliminate the problem any better than blowing your nose eliminates a cold. Beneath the surface, hidden under the waterline, are the bigger issues, the causes, the larger morass are old traditions in the Christian world that cause the symptoms. Though by operating as traditions, they do their work hidden, in plain sight. The traditions are stealthy, but massive replication engines, generating the symptoms that make for fragile or failed disciples. We should be skeptical about claims like this. Surely somebody on staff would have clamored about these traditions already, right? Or someone... Someday, we'll write a book on them and about what we should do. Thanks for listening to the April edition of the ReDF, the introduction to the Disciple Dilemma. I am weak, but thy